Hi guys, welcome to the SOS show. I'm your host Suchita and today we are in conversation with Mr. Amrit Bakshi. Mr. Bakshi has been a banker and is a caregiver of his daughter living with schizophrenia. He's also been SARS president since 2010. He's been full-time involved in SARS day-to-day working and in various aspects of the organization's administration. During his tenure, SAR has recorded a phenomenal all-round growth. Mr. Bakshi also served for 5 years on the institutional board of the National Institute of Mental Health and Neurosciences that's NIMHANS and was also chairperson of the hospital management committee of NIMHANS for over 3 years. Let's go and chat with Mr. Bakshi from Pune. Hi Amrit sir, welcome to the SOS show. Hi Sucheta and thanks for having me on your show. Thank you for joining in from Pune and um, I remember meeting you almost like 8 9 years ago uh coming in talking to you about a few things regarding schizophrenia and now here yes. after 8 years. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I remember you had come and you wanted to do some documentary and yes. we had a nice chat. Yes. Yes. and i met your daughter and i met your wife as well and it was lovely yes yes, yes. i think you came to our home also yes sir i did from yes yes yes, yes. yes. uh sir i'm going to start this conversation uh with uh, the question which actually i had come to ask you at that time as well uh you have yes. been a caregiver to your daughter richa for a very yes. long time and yes. she has been living with schizophrenia uh yes what has been your understanding of this illness see sucheta when it happened in 1991 then my understanding was zero but now in these uh, 27 years uh, i think i know quite a lot all that a caregiver should know and uh, plus uh, more uh, i know how it is what are the causes i know the diagnosis I know the symptoms I know the treatment I mean I wow. know a lot many things Yes absolutely so over these years uh, you know of Richa living with schizophrenia what were the first symptoms that you came to see in her regarding the illness Uh, yes when um, the symptoms appeared uh, she was uh, a boarder in uh, a school in Dehradun and uh, i got a call from the principal that and the principal uh, used the word that she has a nervous breakdown so i rushed to dehradun and uh, saw her that time uh, she had come out of uh, symptoms somewhat but uh, still her speech was uh, incoherent and uh, she was uh, talking things which a person normally would not uh, talk she was complaining against the people who cared for her who loved her and she was very fond of them so that is what i saw of her uh, when uh, first time i met her after that episode and then she uh, recovered with the treatment at that time she appeared in the examination only at that time first generation medicines were given to her so side effects were there in her exam she was not able to write her papers and uh, she was given uh, help uh, some other student wrote papers for her apart from that uh, at that time she had uh, recovered 
And then what happened after that? Uh, see, after she recovered, she came to Bombay. Yeah. And uh, then we were uh, trying to get her into some uh, professional course. Yes. And I met a psychiatrist yes. um, for further uh, treatment. And uh, that psychiatrist unfortunately misguided us. He said that uh, um, sh she is all right. There is no problem. It must have been a single episode. Okay. These medicines have uh, very bad side effects. So you need not give her uh, any medicine. Okay. And if there is a problem, you can come to me again. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that was uh, wrong and uh, some uh, medicines should have continued. Mm -hmm. um, so her symptoms uh, appeared and uh, she was uh, uh, not normal. And we tried to contact that person. That person was not uh, available only. She was uh, into some kind of uh, research. Mm -hmm. uh, and then she got admission in um, Broda University and uh, I mean we shouldn't have uh, sent her away from us. She should have stayed with us only because we could have looked after her. Mm -hmm. uh, but we didn't know that. Nobody advised us that uh, we must keep her with us only. So she was admitted in Baroda University and she was uh, in the hostel there. Mm -hmm. And I met a psychiatrist there. I left a lot of money with him and I said uh, you be sort of a local guardian for her, visit her, see her and give her some medicine if it is required. Mm -hmm. uh, that fellow also did not do what uh, uh, we expected from him. He misappropriated uh, all the money, didn't return me anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, then uh, her symptoms again appeared and uh, she got into some bad company. Mm -hmm. There were some African girls mm -hmm. who were uh, smoking, taking drugs. Mm -hmm. And they sent her to buy some liquor. Um, and um, there's a prohibition in Gujarat, but yeah. uh, it's available. So they sent her for that. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, then I came to know about it. And I went there and I brought her uh, back to Bombay. Mm -hmm. Then she was refusing to take uh, treatment. She was, what was she? Uh, what was she sleeping. feeling at that point? What was? What were the symptoms at that? Very point? restless, very restless and uh, incoherent, pacing up and down the whole night. She would not sleep, and uh, sometimes she would sleep during the day. She will not eat anything, mm -hmm. and uh, in the night she would um, uh, rummage the fridge, take out something, and eat it. So she would refuse to see a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. So we uh, talked to the psychiatrist, uh, he suggested uh, some uh, serenous uh, liquid, so we mixed it in, her, in the food. Uh, she would not eat it during the daytime, but uh, night when she would eat, then that uh, serenous uh, was there in her food, and then uh, that would make her uh, sleep most of the time. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, uh, when the medicine helped, then finally she agreed to go to a psychiatrist and mm -hmm. her uh, treatment started. Mm -hmm. So when the treatment started, was she discovered uh, with schizophrenia? That uh, was discovered uh, much later, I think, okay. uh, at least a year after. I mean, they were giving uh, the medicines, as you know, there are no tests for it, you know, yeah. uh, blood test or any such thing. So whatever we were describing, they started giving the medicines and even I was the, not understanding the medicines. So, 
any knowledge about it. Then, um, and she was improving somewhat, and uh, then one day she said uh, that her one uh, classmate from Baroda, she is troubling her and she is singing some uh, song. Mm. So I told the psychiatrist that she seems to be all right except this uh, problem. Mm. So then he got uh, worried. Who oh, He said it's not a good sign. It was an auditory hallucination that yes. she had. Mm. And then she start, he started treating her for that. Then auditory hallucination became uh, visual uh, hallucination also. And uh, hmm. more, complications more complications kept on developing and uh, medicines were not helping her much. Okay. And have you sort of thought uh, or paid uh, or checked with the doctor what could have been the cause for this? Now, uh, Suchita, I don't think uh, doctors can explain uh, what could have caused it. But mm. uh, now, whatever uh, limited um, understanding that I have, mm. that uh, it is uh, from uh, birth itself. And uh, when they are in their late teens or their early 20s, mm. then some event uh, triggers it. And uh, what could have triggered uh, uh, her aunt's husband, uh, uh, he passed away in Dehradun and uh, she was there and she saw his body she was the first or the second to see the body mm. and she describes his mouth was wide open this that so that might have triggered that's what I uh, presume mm-hmm. or uh, some friend she became very possessive of that and uh, of her and she wanted uh, that friend exclusively for herself mm. and that friend was friend of others also mm. So she was unhappy. That might have uh, caused it. That's uh, those are only conjectures. Absolutely. But uh, of course, as we know that uh, it is the overflow of uh, dopamine which causes it. And uh, why that overflow is there, I think there is no answer for that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, sir, it's been like schizophrenia discovered in the year 1887, and now we're in yes. 2019. and we still yes. do not have much of the understanding of this illness and yes. we are treating patients who are not getting any uh, they're not getting recovered there's no way that you can fully or even partially recover the patient suffering from schizophrenia so what is uh, the use of medications how much is it helping the patient in this case richa no suchita i will not uh, fully agree with you that mm. medicines are not uh, helping mm. medicines are very important mm. and uh, medicines are helping mm. uh, now it uh, differs from patient to patient mm. some patients the recovery is nearly 100% they can lead close to normal life okay. in uh, some patients the recovery is uh, part partially they recover some unfortunate patients do not uh, recover at all mm. so uh, now richa's case is a very chronic uh, case we made some uh, blunders her medications were stopped in between mm-hmm. which made it a chronic uh, case so we mm-hmm. are uh, suffering because of our ignorance and uh, lack of uh, awareness at uh, that time Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, but still, uh, the medicines which uh, she is now having, mm-hmm. I'm sure if we stop those medicines, then she will cease to be functional. Her uh, uh, problems will uh, aggravate. Now, at least she is functional. Mm-hmm. She can lead uh, not a normal life, but uh, okay. She can uh, manage uh, things, and she has hallucinations uh, most of the time, but uh, severity mm-hmm. is uh, less. 
and uh, mm -hmm. somehow uh, she is uh, fairly stable. She can stay with us. She can um, uh, manage to interact with uh, others. So mm -hmm. medicines are helping and um, uh, uh, every day something new is uh, uh, develop, being developed. Things are happening, things are uh, improving. That's nice. That's that's nice, sir. Um, I just want to also understand when the violent episodes, there must be some episodes when she must be uh, having a violence or behaving in a violent fashion. When What did you do at that point? Does she still go through those episodes? You see, her... Uh, uh, she has positive symptoms. Okay. So, uh, she was aggressive most mm -hmm. of the time. Um, a few years back and uh, mm -hmm. her aggression was more towards her uh, mother because uh, mother would check her for her erratic behavior she would argue with her mm -hmm. so she would uh, attack her mother mostly mm -hmm. uh, sometime she would shout at uh, me also and she would think that uh, I am misbehaving with her you see, she would attack her and uh, uh, in my case, most of the episodes uh, happened when she would uh, try to run out of the house mm -hmm. and I would uh, physically stop her or when she was uh, assaulting her mother, then uh, I would uh, intervene. Mm -hmm. So in the process, uh, I would get hurt and uh, she would also get uh, hurt. Mm -hmm. And uh, once uh, when she wanted to go out and I was stopping her, and uh, I got hurt, she got hurt, and I phoned the psychiatrist, this is what is happening. Then psychiatrist came with a nurse, mm -hmm. and uh, he saw my shirt with blood, and uh, he said, is, uh, is, it, is this, she has done this to you? I said, yes, we had a scuffle, so this is what uh, happened. Mm -hmm. And on uh, two, three occasions, uh, she suddenly came uh, with a knife to attack me. And um, I tried to talk to her and talk her out of it. And then we started hiding uh, all the knives and sharp instruments. And I would keep a cushion uh, with me that if uh, this happens, I can uh, protect myself. So those were very bad days, yes. Has that improved over the years? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Now she is not uh, aggressive towards us at all. Mm -hmm. Um, when the voices are uh, uh, heard by her and the voices are tormenting her, then sometimes she shouts at the voices. Okay. She complains that she's being harassed by such and such a person. Okay. But uh, uh, she doesn't uh, attack any one of us or in the center which she attends. Uh, she talks against them, but she does not hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, sir, have you spoken to the doctors about uh, voices? And of course, the doctors must be aware about it. Uh, what do they have to say uh, to that in terms of the treatment? Will it ever get stopped? Uh, no, I don't think. That, you see, as you know, the doctors uh, do not uh, explain the causes, why it is happening. They only give uh, medicines and yes. they prescribe medicines and now that I know about medicines, mm. I talk to them, I suggest them that can we modify, can we add this, can we reduce this mm. 
and they generally accept what I suggest to them. Mm. So uh, now clozapine, uh, which is uh, uh, for all chronic uh, cases where which are uh, resistant to medication, clozapine is the most effective and I think 70-80% of the patients with schizophrenia are being given uh, clozapine. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, kept uh, clozapine uh, to the extent of her uh, uh, threshold. Mm -hmm. So 500 mg, which is quite high, mm -hmm. we are giving to her. And uh, some uh, psychiatrists from Nimans had advised that we could go up to 800. Mm -hmm. But when we took it to 700 mg, that uh, then uh, seizures uh, started. Uh, so we had to uh, bring it down to 500 mg, which is a threshold. Mm -hmm. Then other medicines we keep on uh, trying. And now I last time I suggested to her psychiatrist that can we go to the first generation uh, medicines because for positive symptoms, first generation medicines are more effective. So we have uh, put her back on serenus, which has been tried uh, so many times. So it's a combination of clozapine and uh, serenus and uh, she has uh, OCD also. Mm -hmm. So for OCD, uh, talk therapy is uh, helpful, so she gets that uh, talk therapy also. Mm -hmm. So uh, this present combination seems to be okay because of serenness, uh, she feels uh, sluggish um, uh, during the day also. So we have slightly reduced the serenness. So we keep on trying, you see, every month when we meet the psychiatrist, mm -hmm. we discuss and uh, slight adjustments we make. Mm -hmm. But uh, nobody can uh, guarantee that uh, voices will uh, totally disappear or why the voices are caused. Yeah. I don't think uh, any psychiatrist would have answer to that. Mm -hmm. So since we do not have the answers to why the voices are there and we do not have a treatment of completely making them disappear or we do not have a 100% treatment of even schizophrenia, do you think that there is a lack of research somewhere uh, to have a deeper understanding of this illness? Uh, uh, see, Suchita, each case is different. Yes. In her case, that is the status. Hmm. Your medicines are uh, not uh, helping. We have tried those uh, third generation also. We actually, have, actually, uh, sir, sir, just to uh, interfere here, uh, it's not helping yes. anyone. I mean, I'm having a lot of talk with a lot of different patients with schizophrenia, the caregivers, and even the ones suffering from schizophrenia. Reshma, you know, she's there itself in Pune. Uh, she still hears voices and she stopped her own medication. So the, why aren't the med medicines helpful in stopping the voices and making them at least lead some kind of normal existence. See, Suchita, I am not a professional, mm -hmm. so I cannot uh, give yes. you a complete answer. Yeah. But uh, I know that a lot many people uh, have been uh, helped. Mm. I come in contact with a lot many uh, persons who have recovered, yeah. who are in the process of uh, recovery. Their voices have stopped. Um, their voices... Now, uh, uh, understand voices are not stopped yes. they only learn to manage the voices and the intensity comes down with the medication of course they say that they have stopped medication mm. but uh, i think they are concealing that they, they take medicines okay. the intensity of the voices uh, is much mm -hmm. less and uh, they have learned to manage the voices and uh, that is what the patients will have to do mm. 
they must learn. I tell my daughter also. You see, I gave her the example of uh, payment uh, dwellers. You see, the, the people they are eating, sleeping, cooking, delivering children on the yes. roadside, and they are oblivious of the noise. You know, traffic moving yes. up, down, all kind of yes. noise. So these are the noises which are there in the mind, and they have to learn to ignore those. Uh, uh, noises and uh, let them remain there and still try to lead a normal life. So that has to be learned, I mean, up till now, even with this uh, Invega injection that has come, yeah. it has helped uh, so many people. It didn't help her. We tried that uh, Invega also, mm. uh, but uh, uh, it has helped many other people. Mm. So it would be uh, incorrect to say mm that uh, medicines are not helping anyone. Mm -hmm. They are helping lot many people. Mm -hmm. And we don't have any alternative. Yes. No? Suppose you stop the medicine, in most of the cases, uh, aggravation will uh, take place. Yeah. Reshma is an exception. Yes. And uh, in my mm. view, uh, if uh, Reshma were to take medicines, uh, this uh, would have helped her also. Mm. Her symptoms uh, could have come down. She is uh, uh, an amazing uh, yes. person that... Uh, she has able to manage those uh, vices despite their uh, intensity. But she has uh, very bad days also yes. when she is not functional. Yes, sure. So do you have any suggestions in terms of um, how can we create more awareness about schizophrenia in the society? And uh, yes, how can we improve the infrastructure on mental illness so it becomes more affordable uh, for people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, you see, creating awareness, um, uh, government has a major role to play and NGOs have to play a role. Now, I would say that over the years, now uh, I am uh, associated with uh, uh, this mental illness uh, the last 27 yes. years. My daughter uh, got mm -hmm. it. And uh, I have seen the changes happening. Mm -hmm. Awareness is there. And this uh, social reforms is a slow process, mm. so it takes uh, time. Mm. But uh, what was happening three decades back is not happening sure. now. Now uh, people are not scared of uh, interacting with uh, patients. Yes. And uh, like NGO, like ours, we are doing all those things which are uh, possible, conventional and uh, unconventional. We are making use of social media. Mm. Our website is uh, there. Mm. Then uh, we are on Facebook. Uh, I myself handle Facebook page and uh, Twitter. Mm. Every day, five, six uh, uh, tweets I yeah. do. And I get a lot of uh, response. Uh, and then we have made films, we have written books in Marathi, which books were not available. Mm. We go to colleges, young people, we are trying to make create awareness. They visit mm. us, we have sessions with us, we create, uh, we uh, have programs with uh, caregivers, mm. we do street shows, we do shows on uh, railway platforms, mm. we do some five, six public meetings. So we are doing all mm. that. And in our uh, new act, mm. It is uh, provided that uh, government has to take, uh, create awareness. That is a major uh, responsibility given to the government. And I have been uh, telling the Home uh, Health Ministry that as they did campaign for uh, uh, malaria eradication, yeah. for uh, HIV, for uh, leprosy, yeah. 
they must do that for mental illness. You see, all the walls in the villages were painted on malaria eradication yeah. and HIV yeah. on TV. All possible media was covered, newspaper ads. The same thing they do must they must do about mental uh, illness also. Absolutely. It is their responsibility, yeah. and now it is provided in the act, yeah. uh, which should be enforced. Mm. Yes. So that is as far as awareness is concerned. Mm. Now, other is uh, uh, infrastructure improvement. Yes. Now, infrastructure, of course, uh, we are not in the international uh, standards. And uh, uh, average, you see, even uh, low-income group countries and all, uh, uh, one uh, psychiatrist uh, for uh, 100,000 patients is there. And our government says that we have 0.3. Yes which is not uh, correct statis statistics for the last so many years they are saying 3500 psychiatrists mm. but uh, ips uh, has uh, 7000 plus uh, members so we uh, have an estimate that there are about uh, 8000 uh, psychiatrists in our uh, country mm. now this uh, 8000 uh, psychiatrists can uh, uh, take care of about uh, uh, one crore uh, patients. So, see, I have done the calculations and about that much uh, they can mm. do. But uh, we have 15 crore uh, patients oh in our country. Yes. So uh, what is the solution? The solution is we cannot create uh, more psychiatrists overnight. Mm. 500 psychiatrists pass out every mm. year. Out of them, at least 200 uh, leave for overseas greener pastures. Yeah. 50 uh, psychiatrists get adjusted against uh, vestiges, you know, deaths, retirements, etc. So 200 250 psychiatrists are added every mm. year, which is uh, very negligible uh, number. So the solution lies that uh, general practitioners have to provide uh, primary uh, mental health care. Uh, now, uh, earlier there, they, they had only a very small uh, syllabus, only some one or two questions were asked on psychiatry and some 10 days uh, practical training they were yeah. getting. Now there is a one full paper yeah. and we have uh, uh, 10 lakh uh, uh, general practitioners registered with uh, MCI. Mm -hmm. So these uh, 10 lakh with short uh, training programs, as in Imans is giving them uh, two months online training. Mm -hmm. And then uh, these uh, CMEs are being arranged two days, three days. We ourselves have sponsored uh, some CMEs for general practitioners. So if they get trained and in primary healthcare centers, if they start treating uh, at the primary level, mm. you know, secondary level and all the, the secretaries will attend, then uh, these 10 lakh people, if they see 10 patients uh, every day, then uh, that uh, becomes uh, one crore. And uh, almost all our uh, population of uh, 15 crore mentally ill can be taken care of. Mm. So government has to emphasize on that, arrange uh, short trainings for these uh, general practitioners. Uh, and that seems to me the best way of uh, solving the problem. Mm. That's a very good uh, suggestion, sir. I just want to come to the point of you as a caregiver. Uh, you must have gone through your own ups and downs personally and mentally while dealing with, uh, you know, your family members. How did you strengthen yourself and keep yourself balanced? I don't know. I don't uh, uh, remember doing anything uh, special mm -hmm. for uh, myself. Mm -hmm. This uh, strength comes from uh, within mm. when you have uh, challenges then you find ways to face those uh, challenges mm. 
and uh, as a parent we had ambitions about our only child mm. we tried to give her the best education mm. bombay she was going to cathedral school mm. where there were uh, film star children industrialist mm. children and diplomats mm. children and i was perhaps uh, the one with the lowest uh, income uh, group uh, with my child mm. there then uh, when my wife uh, had a posting outside bombay then uh, we put her in uh, Wellam school which is considered one of the best mm. for girls in uh, mm. india so we did her best and we would we were looking forward to a good career for mm. her a good happy settle so it was a very big uh, disappointment shot but we recovered i recovered mm. mainly my wife uh, who did not believe in any religion any ritual you know we had that mundan ceremony for children and she refused she said she doesn't believe in mm. that so her head uh, was not shaved mm. and uh, later on she became so religious that uh, uh, she wanted her to shave off her head and my daughter refused so my wife got her own head shaved uh, as a Uh, repentance or mm. whatever you call it so now also the whole day she is uh, praying yes. so and now she has developed cancer so i have uh, two uh, persons in the family to look after as a caregiver uh, god has given me strength i have not done anything uh, special but uh, whole life is uh, changed no socialization and my 24 hours are spent on this uh, uh, doing things for mentally ill you know the families keep on phoning i try to help them so whatever years are left i have made uh, arrangements for her a trust has been formed and uh, i have uh, shifted to the campus of our uh, ngo yeah. and uh, i uh, expect that my colleagues here will look after her yeah. financially she will uh, have no problem any physical help which is to be provided and my colleagues will uh, provide that they are uh, nice colleagues i have mm. here and then uh, we have to hope for the best if worse comes to worse uh, uh, they may get compelled to put her in an institution sometime with growing years the uh, uh, symptoms come down itself so we hope that might happen in her case mm. also sir any parting words anything that uh, the government should consider when they're making the bills uh, for you know somebody like who's living alone or who could be ha- could be left alone you know after a point uh, having mental illness or something that they should yes. add in terms of anything your your parting words you see we have a very good act i mean i myself was actively associated uh, in drafting of uh, this uh, yeah. act and uh, we have included all possible provisions mm. uh, including uh, home care you see government has a responsibility to provide uh, home care where uh, uh, there are uh, no caregivers available professional caregivers can be given on payment of course community living is uh, there sheltered accommodation supported accommodation all this is provided there so now more important is implementation of uh, the provisions of the act okay. there is what we are lacking you see half the battle is won yeah. the other half battle is uh, the implementation mm. part fortunately we can take help of the judiciary if uh, government uh, is slow in uh, implementation mm. 
personally speaking now uh, age is against me and uh, resources are lacking yeah. but there are some uh, very good uh, uh, advocates supreme court advocates who are willing to take up such cases and uh, fight for the rights of the persons with mental illness i'm sure if the act is implemented uh, fully yeah. then a uh, lot of uh, issues will be taken care of uh, community living will be there help will be hel- available to those uh, who don't have families or families are no yeah. more there and uh, then formation of trust i advise everyone uh, or patient uh, parents ne- always ask what will happen afterwards yes. so i tell them form a trust yeah. and you can think of uh, community living also yeah. where uh, uh, you uh, live uh, with uh, other families together a form a commune yeah. and when you go there other caregivers will look after your uh, family member wow that's great thank you so much sir from joining all the way from pune it was a wonderful chat and i hope the listeners really get a lot out of this uh, conversation thank you sujita look forward to yes. meeting you and uh, i'm sure our this uh, interview will also help in uh, creating awareness yes. i think the most important takeaway of this episode has been the mental health care act which still needs to be implemented but was passed in the year 2017 and also the fact that every person suffering from various mental health issues should also get a disability certificate so that they can go out in the society and still try and function and make their life work thank you for listening to this podcast and you can connect to us on our various social media platforms and tell us what you think and if you have a story to share with us meanwhile send us your feedback on twitter using hashtag theswishshow you can leave us a review rating on apple podcast and make sure to subscribe to our show on various platforms including sawan spotify itunes google podcasts etc do connect to us at eplog media and metaphysical lab i'm your host suchita and see you next week soon with another story on mental health thank you and take care